0: Hello and welcome to the Deep Bible Studies podcast where we discover, explore, examine, and practice the Word of God. I am your host, Claudia Rivera Guevara, and today we will be going through John 7, 40-52. Division among the people. When they heard these words, some of the people said, this is really the prophet. Others said, this is the Christ, but some said, is the Christ to come from Galilee? Has the scripture not said that Christ comes from the offspring of David and comes from Bethlehem, the village where David was? So there was division among the people over him. Some of them wanted to arrest him, but no one laid hands on him. We continue to see the pattern of desire to silence Jesus, but mere desire falls in submission to the will of God, whether it was willingly or unwillingly. I mean, we have literally seen similarities of this verse various episodes now. For example, verse 8 of chapter 7 and verse 30 of chapter 7. So the emphasis shows the deep craving of the religious leaders and even some of the crowd to arrest Jesus. And yet Jesus was not arrested until he said he would be. This is no coincidence to the character of God for only God possesses the attribute of sovereignty. The sovereignty of God represents the ability that only he has to carry out his holy will and supremacy. The highest, the Lord of the heaven and the earth, has unlimited power to do what he has established already. And So being absolutely independent, God does what he pleases and he is in righteousness and just. No one can deter it and no one can hinder it. In his word, God declares, Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none else. I am God, and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning and from the ancient times the things are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. We see that in Isaiah 46, 9-10. Let's continue. In verse 45, the officers then came to the chief priests and Pharisees who said to them, why did you not bring him? The officers said, no one ever spoke like this man. So this seemingly short verse is actually very important. These officers had heard many rabbis teach, but they had never heard someone speak like Jesus. They were so impressed by the message of Jesus that it was impossible for them to do their assigned job of arresting and silencing him. I want to take a moment to reference a sermon once preached and written by Charles Spurgeon based on this evidence, which is titled, The Eloquence of Jesus. And so Charles Spurgeon pointed out Jesus's qualities in speaking and how seemingly impossible it is for someone to speak with all of these attributes so he said quote incorruptible truth fidelity boldness zeal prudence wisdom humility love yet all of this was done with quote simplicity seriousness, earnestness, directness, unquote, and the way he preached is important, but it was also just truly important because of the message, for it gives life. Charles Spurgeon continues by saying that Jesus spoke, soul, sin, God, holiness, hell, and heaven. And along with being an important message, Charles Spurgeon spoke about how this message is joyful, for he preached pardon, redemption, restoration, liberty. This is the gospel message. This message, he points out, was never spoken by anyone in full not in the old testament this message is the gospel message and in luke 7 20 through 22 john the baptist orders his disciples to ask jesus if he is the redeemer the messiah that israel has waited for and this is what jesus says and when the men had come to him and they said john the baptist has sent us to say this to you are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another one? In that hour he healed many people of diseases and plagues and evil spirits, and on many who were blind he bestowed sight. And he answered them, Go and tell John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up and the poor have the good news preached to them. So we see that this is the underlining importance of the ministry, the good news being preached, the fact that people can truly receive this good news, and it's still present today. So then verse 47 says, The Pharisees answered them, Have you also been deceived? Have any of the authorities or Pharisees believed in him? But this crowd that does not know the law is accursed. So last time I mentioned the religious leaders' self-righteous comments and how they root from sinful, pride-filled self-righteousness. Well, here it is important to note how this comment about now the now-labeled crowd also reveals the self-righteous character of the religious leaders because the comment bases itself upon religious ignorance of the people. It's making that statement that these people are just so ignorant. Are you too that ignorant to the officer? And so firstly, of not knowing the scriptures, but more specifically of not knowing the Jewish oral law slash traditions. Meaning in the religious leader's eyes, the main reason why this crab was a curse is because they didn't follow tradition. But the reality of Romans 3 is that it says, none is righteous, no not one. So before we continue, this means that not even the religious leaders are righteous. So they have no saying and you are a curse because they are also a curse too, we all are anyways, in continuation, it says, no one understands, no one seeks for God, all have turned aside, together they have become worthless, no one does good, not even one, which is verses 10b to 12. Now, we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law. So, every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God for by works of the law no human being will be justified in his sight since through the law comes the knowledge of sin and that's verses 19 through 20 and yet Paul continues in verses 21 through 26 by explaining God's grace and justifying sinners in Jesus. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. So this is important to note because of what the religious leaders are saying here. They think that their oral traditions and laws make them righteous. But this is what Paul says. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction. For all who have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Again, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. That is also the importance of the verses we were talking about before of the gospel message and the fact that it was important to Christ and it remains to be important to God. It's a treasure that he gives to us and it's important to us because God's grace goes through us so that it can go to people. And so, In continuation, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he has passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. It is faith in Jesus that justifies. So the problem of being accursed is not merely a tradition one, but rather a heart one. All have sinned and, as the passage says, fallen short of the glory of God. But God's mercy for the sinner in giving his one and only son so that he would take our place and pay our debt by his death on the cross, that is what justifies us in reality, not the works of the law. Jesus' resurrection shows a victory against death and sin. It shows a true righteousness that he credits to us. He gives to us his own righteousness. And the fact that the debt has indeed been paid in full, that's what the resurrection means. God justifies us by covering us with Jesus's righteousness. We are reconciled to him by him and he adopts us as his own children. The moment we genuinely understand our sinfulness and repent and the fact that we are cursed, we repent and put our full trust into the savior. This is the true curse and the true salvation. It roots from the heart. He changes the heart and our deeds and life will give evidence of the salvation until we see him again so now our obedience to the law is no longer on our own accord but rather because we have been changed from the inside out and we love God and we are sustained by his love so we obey His commands, like Jesus said, if you love me, you obey my commandments. Praise the Lord, his mercy is more. Stronger than darkness, new every morn. Our sins, they are many, his mercy is more. What love could remember no wrongs we have done. Omniscient, all-knowing, he counts not their sum. Thrown into the sea without bottom or shore. Our sins, they are many, his mercy is more. So let's finish off the passage. Nicodemus, who had gone to him before and who was one of them, said to them, Does our law judge a man without first giving him a hearing and learning what he does? They replied, Are you from Galilee too? Search and see that no prophet arises from Galilee. You can find more information on our website, www.deepbiblestudies.com where you will also find the calendar to go along with the book that we will be studying. You can also find us on Instagram, at Deep Bible Studies, and Facebook, where you can know every single time we post a new podcast. Also, we have an email, contact at deepbiblestudies.com, where you can ask us any questions and we will be sure to get back to you. I hope you have a wonderful day and see you next time.